Otherwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the green man. Now that the land is becoming green once more, and if we pay careful attention, we might see the green man peering at us from behind the new green leaves. His semi-human face is made entirely of leaves, which grow from the corners of his eyes and sprout from his nostrils and unfurl from his mouth. He embodies all of the burgeoning nature returning to life, bursting forth and overtaking the land with his green presence. We can still find many depictions of this most ancient of spirits. For example, the green man has become an advertising icon, the jolly green giant, and he is currently posing as a symbol for the worldwide ecology movement. But the green man, although pictured as youthful and virile, is actually ageless, an ancient being who has always represented the cyclical nature of life. Some of the oldest portrayals of the green man are found on the walls and pillars of ancient temples in the Near East, in what was known as Mesopotamia, and and in the Far East, where his leafy face is seen in temple carvings in India and Cambodia. Egypt's green man was Osiris, the green-skinned god of vegetation, who was annually resurrected during the spring flooding of the Nile. In later times, the green man also made his leafy-faced appearance on temple walls in Athens and Rome. The green man had a place in the art and mythology of the pan-Celtic world of Western Europe as well. His leafy face was a traditional motif on many old churches, as Christianity sought to incorporate the symbols of the old pagan ways. The green man made his way into many folk tales, becoming the folk hero with such names as Green George, Jack in the Green, Leaf Man, Robin Goodfellow, and the enduring Robin Hood, the people's champion who perennially returned to fight against oppression. In the Arthurian legends of the Middle Ages, the green man took on the character of the Green Knight, the one whom no one could defeat. Each year, he would challenge one of King Arthur's knights to combat. Following a brutal fight, the Green Knight was always beheaded. But each year, he would calmly pick up his severed head, place it back on his shoulders, and ride away an emblem of the perpetual return of the green world. The green man's role in this drama began way back in the early Neolithic period of 10,000 years ago. Prior to this, only the green mother was pictured in cave paintings and pottery and figurines. But as agriculture became established, the male stimulating principle began to be celebrated as well. And we began to see depictions of a male figure, the so-called year god. The year god was a character in the Wheel of the Year myth, in which the great mother gave birth to the divine child each winter solstice. This divine child grew to manhood by Beltane, which is May 1st, when he became the green man, the goddess's consort. Together they entered ritual marriage and partook of sacred intercourse to fertilize the next year cycle. This green man depicted in Neolithic figurines as a male clutching his erect phallus was a randy woodland character who throughout the merry month of May engaged in May riding with his bride and lover, the goddess. 
By the summer solstice, the goddess was again pregnant, and the green man began to transform into a powerful, peaceful, and contemplative old man, seated with his head in his hands, elbows on knees, gazing off into the future. But let's not look ahead just yet. The green man urges us to stay focused on this moment of green rustling leaves and the seductiveness of spring. From behind the green leaves, the green man beckons us to do green things, exuberant, sensual, playful things to honor the divine within each of us. Happy May riding, blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.